Welcome to StoryCorps, Share Your Science. I'm Sandy Duick, a science communicator for the Bay Area Environmental Research Institute and NASA's Ames Research Center in Silicon Valley, California. Today, I'm chatting with Liz Payne, who's also at Ames. Welcome, Liz. Thanks, Sandy. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. You are part scientist, engineer, project manager, and science communicator. You develop and manage science payloads to send to the International Space Station. Over 25 payloads, to be exact. This sounds like a huge logistical and management Rubik's Cube. How many people can say that they go to work, build a science experiment, load it onto a rocket, and blast it off into space? Who are you? Tell us more. Are you <laughs> managing payloads to the moon for NASA's upcoming Artemis mission? Well, before we, before we get to the moon, tell us what your most important job at Ames Research Center is right now. Well, thanks, Sandy, for that introduction. Wow. Um, when you put it all together like that, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really fun and it, and it actually really is. Um, so I'd, I'd love to tell you more about it. So right now, um, I am the portfolio lead for all Ames Space Biology non-rodent ISS payloads. So that means cells and molecular, microbiology, invertebrates, et cetera. Um, so I have a really vast uh, portfolio. So these experiments examine the processes of metabolism, growth, stress response, physiology, the development of plants and microbes. And we study how the organisms repair cellular damage and protect themselves from infection and disease. Really important these days, you know, with, with COVID running through our world. And they do this in conditions of microgravity, obviously on ISS, while being exposed to space radiation. So yet another significant variable. Um, we do it across the spectrum of biological organization. So from molecules to cells, like I mentioned, tissues and organs, systems to whole organisms to communities of microorganisms. It's very, very vast. What's the benefit to us on Earth for studying uh, microbes, plant cells, etc., in uh, zero gravity. So it's it's actually really really important to study these little teeny tiny things that that we may not even see with the naked eye. So in addition to providing useful information on how living organisms adapt to spaceflight, the discoveries that our space biology researchers make in space have an enormous implication for life on Earth. Space biology's research into the virulence of pathogens in space, meaning how yucky they can get, how much they can affect an astronaut, their loss of bone density and the changes in the growth of plants can impact the development of drugs that promote wound healing or tissue regeneration, treatments designed to counter maybe osteoporosis on Earth. Okay. and high-tech fertilizers that can increase crop yield. Where did your life journey begin? I think I read that you were born locally in San Jose and that uh, literally you've gone up the highway, so to speak, to Ames Research Center. <laughs> when did your science journey begin and were you interested in science as a kid? So I have a very distinct memory of going to kindergarten 
was five years old and I remember stepping into a classroom that was completely full of space memorabilia, um, astronaut dolls and NASA toys, just everything that would have been interesting to me um, at that age and at, at any age, really. I'm still interested in those things. But I was just so intrigued and inspired that I uh, and I saw an astronaut walking on the moon and I said, that's the direction that I want to go. <laughs> so I really had a lot of passion just from from age five, from as early wow. as I can really remember and have any memories at that age, you know, as, as a kid, my first thought was I got to get myself to space camp. <laughs> so I um, I did a lot of extra chores <laughs> and a, a lot of uh, persuading my parents to let me go off to Alabama at the time. It wasn't in California. Um, and I eventually was able to go two times um, over the summer. Very supportive parents. Oh, yeah, they they were I really have to um, give a shout out to my parents because they were on board with whatever my passions happened to be. I was really into NASA, tennis and dance at the time. Mm -hmm. So They really um, cultivated my passions by letting me explore them and see, you know, how deeply I wanted to be involved in those things. Were your parents um, involved in the sciences themselves? They weren't at all. My parents did not attend college. I'm a first generation college graduate, um, along with my two brothers. And so um, they were navigating a world that they had never been in before and never been introduced to before. Another reason why I'm so, so grateful to them for being open minded to um, really push their gen their next generation up into a new level that they didn't have experience in. There are many pathways that people can take to get to NASA. You don't have to be an astronaut and a rover driver to come work at NASA Ames Research Center or really any of the other NASA centers. So tell me about your education path from, you know, after space camp and high school graduation. What did you do to get to NASA? Throughout high school, I did some extracurricular NASA activities. I was a part of the um, Young Women of NASA Advisory Council, which allowed me to go view a launch. So I kept doing these these little things that were sort of check-ins for myself. Hey, am I still interested in this? Mm-hmm. So I knew I was. And so I remember in high school going to the guidance counselor's office and looking up at the time, okay, what's the number one school for aerospace engineering? Um, Because I thought that was that was the path that I was going to take. And it was Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach. You know, going along my journey of applying to colleges, I got into that school. I decided Mm -hmm. to defer it for a year um, while I pursued some general education courses at my local community college, um, which was great. Actually, Um, I highly recommend that if someone's considering using community college as a transitional time period to explore what your passions are. Also, if you're not ready to be out at school on your own, it's a really great way to get the college experience, but also be nearby home as well. They they really want 
um, their students to be successful, whether it's just at community college and graduating with an AA or continuing on and transferring to get a four-year degree. Right. So I um, ended up going to Embry-Riddle in my second year of school. I also played tennis, so I was a student athlete there as well. While I was there, I ended up changing my major to aerospace studies, so a little bit more broad. I decided not to pursue the engineering part of it, but I still wanted to be a part of NASA. And I knew that NASA needed every type of career. So I went to Embry-Riddle in my second year of school and um, decided to change my major to aerospace studies. Um, To go a little bit more broad, I was interested in maybe going into public affairs and translating the really awesome technical things that are going on at NASA into language that the public can understand and be inspired by and get behind. So I started sort of changing the direction a little bit. At the same time, I knew that Daytona Beach wasn't really the best fit for me for this California girl. Right. And so and so in the meantime, I started looking around to see what other options I had maybe to transfer to a school in California. So I decided to actually transfer to UC Davis in my junior year and um, played tennis there as well. Um, So I was really, really happy with that decision. And at the same time, I also changed my major and I I ultimately ended up with a degree in communications from UC Davis. So even more broad, right? I I thought that would give me really good opportunities to pursue whatever inspired me as I got closer to graduation Mm -hmm. um, and kind of looking at what NASA needed and what what really fit because I as I got closer to graduation or second third fourth year I knew that I really enjoyed writing Mm. Um, I enjoyed learning about people so I was like you know the 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 classes that are in communications and and I got my minor in sociology, those classes really spoke to me and I really latched onto them and enjoyed them, Mm -hmm. which looking back, I know now that it's so, so important to enjoy school and what you're actually studying, not just trying to get through it and memorize things so that you can get good grades. It's about, being with the teachers, understanding the concepts Mm -hmm. and enjoying yourself while you're doing it. That's such an excellent message. And I'm sure that you've had many opportunities to work with high school students and undergrads, postdocs, young researchers. Is that Mm -hmm. sort of a basic message that you tell young people about pursuing careers in science and working at NASA? One of my biggest messages is to Be open minded and explore what could become, you know, that career for you. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I hear from high school level undergraduate is I don't I don't have any idea what I want to do. And that's so common. And it's it's very uncommon for for, you know, the way that I came in, like at five years old, boom, I need to go be at NASA. You know, that's that's very uncommon. And I find that a lot of people can't relate to that. So. I want to send the message out that 
it's okay to ask people and explore what careers are out there. And one thing that I did was right when I graduated from UC Davis, I was talking to one of my dad's friends who ended up being sort of a mentor for me. And he said, you know, a lot of good things could come from shadowing somebody. And Uh a lot of times people really love to do that because they love to talk about what they do. Um, So I made a cold call to the Ames Public Affairs Office and I asked if I could shadow someone. And they were so enthusiastic and so helpful. You know, I gave them some background. You know, I've wanted to work for NASA for a long time. I went to space camp and you sold yourself. Yeah. You know, a little bit of persuasion, which was one of the classes I took in college. (laughs) (laughs) So they were very helpful and said, hey, why don't you come down? We'll be shooting a Mythbusters episode here. Awesome. And I said, absolutely. That sounds like so much fun. (laughs) So I, you know, I put myself out there. It was really scary to call them. Right. But I thought to myself, you know what, the worst thing that could happen is they say no. And you just hang up and, and try a different, a different path maybe, but they said yes. And so I went and saw the Mythbusters episode. We played on some of the simulators and I just got that first introduction to being at Ames and being around people who work at Ames. And Mm -hmm. the person that I, that I shadowed told me about the internship that he came in to Ames on years ago. And I applied to that, that night and um, got an interview a few days later and started out being an intern for a few months. And then I was brought on as a civil servant um, as a contracting officer in the office of procurement. And I said, I have no idea what that is, but this is my foot in the door to NASA and I'm going to do my best at it. And it was an excellent career for me for the first seven years of my career. So that's a wonderful story. That's uh, it's very inspirational, as a matter of fact. So uh, jumping to today, when you come to work, sort of give me a summary of what a payload is. Is it an experiment? And how, how do you put a payload together to send to the space station? So NASA has a lot of things that they want to research. They want more information on certain things so that we can maybe protect the astronauts better in space, in deep space, for Mars exploration, for moon exploration. Um, They want more information on how we can protect um, experiments and our hardware. So they put out um, announcements and say, hey, do any of you scientists out there have experience maybe studying certain things X, Y, Z on the ground? And would you like to study these things in microgravity and get some more information about it? Scientists then apply to get a grant to get some money from NASA And NASA helped then they get selected by NASA and NASA helps them along in their journey to get these science experiments launched onto space station. And the experiment runs for X amount of days, whatever the experiment may may be. And then the samples, whether it be data or actual microbial samples or plant samples come back to Earth for the scientists to do their certain analysis on it, draw conclusions and then um, post white papers and then 
uh, everyone has that data available to them so that we can learn more things about, you know, microorganisms, say, on Earth for the good of all humankind, because this is all open information for everyone. Scientists get selected to have some grant money from NASA to take their experiment onto the station. They get assigned to a project manager like me, Mm -hmm. and then we start interacting with them and really getting the details of the experiment that they may be working on. We just get those on paper. We get those requirements on paper. They, They tell us, you know, in order for me to get what I'm looking for, I need these certain things to be met. For example, I need the cells to be maintained at 37 degrees, plus or minus two degrees maybe. So we need to make sure that they're in an incubator on station. There's a lot of these different variables that come into play that we need to figure out how can we make this work in microgravity. Right. Certain things that don't matter on Earth that we need to consider in microgravity For example, um, if you have something in a syringe that you need to put into a cell, we have to consider bubbles and we want it because bubbles could appear at any point in the liquid, right? In microgravity, they're going to be floating all over the place, but they're going to just float to the top. What special skills have you needed for your job? Um, So it's, it becomes eventually quite specialized um, and a lot of it is just time in the job to understand these things Um, but also just being able to work with people and understand what makes them tick and um, understand what where their skills and passions are because then I do a lot of visiting of them in the lab And so they teach me just completely hands on, you know, visual, the payload hardware is right in front of me. They show me how these things work. And so having really good critical thinking skills and really um, practicing those things in college really is is the best time to practice. But having those critical thinking skills really helps because it allows me to remain inquisitive and not make assumptions right off the bat, but right. ask questions and um, not be afraid to say that I don't know something, not be afraid to say that I need help with something. Because honestly, all the people that I work with are so helpful and um, really engaged with what they're doing and passionate about what they're doing that they want to show everyone else what they're doing and it really <laughs> helps me because then I learn you know about how how our payloads work really down to the details. So I have a two-part question for you. What excites you about coming to work every day and how has the pandemic affected your work since we were all at home for two and a half years and we're all just coming back to work now and I, I'm asking you this because I know that it's very important in your job to spend a lot of time with the scientists and researchers. So I'm super inspired each day that I get to support my work at NASA. Um, I really enjoy the camaraderie among my teams um, because we all know that we are 
partners um, to be stewards of the earth and really contribute to this lifelong pursuit of advancing humankind. So that's that's huge to us. We all have this same mutual goal of off the earth for the earth, which is the, the motto for the International Space Station. Now, with COVID restrictions, it got it got pretty interesting. We were able to connect virtually, of course, many times, and um, we still get to see each other's faces. The people that were very critical in actually getting their hands on the hardware were able to be in the lab. They would set up their cameras and their laptops so that I could see them. And we can still interact while they're in the lab. And and I actually got a little bit of practice for this when I was very, very pregnant. <laughs> and so before I went on maternity leave, there were times where I I couldn't come into work, but I needed to actually have my ha- my eyes on hardware before right. it got shipped to the launch site. <laughs> so as the project manager, I had to get my eyes on it and provide my signature. And so we were actually back to doing the same thing when COVID hit and my my team members were laughing and say, hey, this is just like when you're <laughs> about to have a baby. And then eventually some of the restrictions were lifted at Ames. So more people were able to go in and help those folks that had been in the lab day after day. So that was really, really nice. But we're always able to connect virtually, at least. Um, I personally will start to be able to go on base in a couple of weeks. And um, I'm really stoked to be able to see my team members again in person and actually like, wow, you're like actually a real person again. (laughs) In your career so far, what job has inspired you the most or made you think differently about life or the world around you? So I actually had a a moment or actually it was like an entire year <laughs> back in 2011 I was selected to the NASA First Leadership Development Program that stands for the Foundations of Influence Relationships Success and Teamwork that focused on developing leadership capabilities um, interagency collaboration by providing an increased awareness of the NASA vision, mission, and goals. And that was to 40 of us um, that were selected, and it was for a year. The program provided four learning modules to visit dif- different NASA centers. So that was super exciting. Um, you know, this is 2011, back when we can travel <laughs> and um, be in person. I mean, just imagine, like I grew up from five years old wanting to work for NASA, went to space camp, actually got a job at NASA and then got selected for this leadership development program, which took me to different NASA centers and really focused on gaining deep insight into self-awareness and how to use that knowledge to successfully lead teams Um, And it molded me into the mindful and compassionate leader that I am today. I learned how important it is for leaders to truly understand themselves in order to successfully lead teams um, and lead alongside your teammates, Mm -hmm. Um, not drag them along for the ride, just dictate, you know, what they need to get done. 
Um, we're all in this together. Um, and so through that experience, I not only got to see all these different NASA centers, I met all these different types of people that were also very passionate about NASA. And um, they had senior leaders come and talk to us to inspire us and help us understand what jobs they do to contribute to the agency and what we can do to further contribute. That experience was super, super inspiring to me, and it cultivated my passion to lead payload teams, and it was a critical first step towards my decision to change my career path within NASA eventually in 2014. Your your passion and your contributions are indeed an inspiration. Uh, I'm envious of people who get to work with you. Thank you, Sandy. That 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 really means a lot. Thank you for those words. If you weren't a scientist, what else might you be doing? You know, I get really inspired um, still by Space Camp. So I would probably be doing something over there with seeing the young children being so inspired by our space program. And so, yeah, maybe it would involve something like that. Okay. And you have, you mentioned that you have a family. How do you interest them in the space program? Is it something natural for them because you're so passionate about it? My daughter is two and a half. So whenever there's a launch, um, we watch it together since she's been born. We've the SpaceX demo flights. We've seen the, the SpaceX crewed vehicle. We've seen private companies. Axiom just launched the first private astronaut crew to the space station. So we've been watching all these things and she is locked in. Because this is a podcast and there are no visuals to share with the audience, I'm going to make some assumptions about you and I want to you to agree or disagree. I have no hobbies or outside interests. Science <laughs> research is my life. <laughs> I have lots of hobbies. So I'm an outdoors person. I'm a sponsored mountain biker and I do split boarding, which is backcountry snowboarding. Um, so we, we like to get out a lot and, um, get our bodies moving and be able to have that feeling of relaxation later in the day after we've done our activities. Yes. I believe we're alone in the universe. I, I don't believe that. And one of the first projects I worked on was Kepler, the search for habitable planets. We got that launched and now we're just reaping the benefits of seeing all these different planets that could have life on them. And it's absolutely inspiring um, to see that and to see the textbooks being rewritten. I think it's just a matter of time before we find life outside of Earth. In my family, I'm best known for <laughs> being the mama. <laughs> um Probably having really good preparation skills. Oh, that's obvious. <laughs> and it, I probably learned this at work. <laughs> well, this might answer the next question then. In my work, I'm best known for. <laughs> well, I, I hope at work I'm best known for 
being a compassionate leader that stands up for her people because they're the number one thing to me. Um, if we didn't have them, then we wouldn't be doing all these wonderful things. Wow. I want to come work for you. <laughs> I would love that. Liz, your passions and contributions are indeed an inspiration. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with me today. Thank you, Sandy. It truly was an honor and a pleasure to to talk with you. And, um, you know, it's it's so energizing to work at a place that is selfless and working towards making a better future for generations beyond our own. So I, I just really love to be a NASA ambassador. <laughs>